God. You can be seated for just a moment. Praise the Lord. I, I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. I am still remembering the great move of God we had Sunday. Wow, what a, what a tremendous time of, of uh, worship and hearing the Word of God and taking communion together as a church body. Uh, I believe that I believe that the Lord is is doing some tremendous things. I believe that that the Lord is working on several lives all at once, and I, I feel that, and I believe that that God is is moving in a miraculous way and a mighty way. And so I I I believe that that God wants to speak to us tonight. I believe that. He wants to uh, to give us instruction and understanding. Uh, some years ago, I I preached from the message I'm going to bring to you tonight, and uh, it so happened that uh, that in my uh, pages part, that's where I, I work on the the messages and put them together and build them, and then I send them over to iBooks and and preach from them. And uh, there is a reason for that. You have to have two different places. No, just just kidding. But uh, the the simple reason is that 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 way on my iPad it doesn't scroll down when it's on pages. Uh, iBooks I can just turn the page, and it's easy. But uh, I noticed in pages I had this message back to back, and uh, twice. I have no reason why, and uh, and so I I just begin to work on it, begin to throw out things and put in things, and uh, and so I I believe that that God has something special. I, in fact, I was talking to uh, Brother Winkler earlier this week, and I I mentioned him. I felt that uh, that the Lord leading me to uh, to uh, preach on this, and uh, and so let me let me do that. Let me let. Let us go to uh, uh, the book of Exodus. You can remain seated if you like. Uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 17, and, uh, and verse number 1. Listen closely. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses. Now that's kind of a cool word, chide, that kind of this, you know, hey Moses, how about this? Kind of wasn't like that. Moses said to God, they're almost ready to stone me. This is bad. And so did chide with, the, with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, why chide ye with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, 
take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the names of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. <clears throat> now, uh, I, I'm, the title of my message that, that I want to preach again tonight is called The Living Waters of Rephidim. The Living Waters of Rephidim. If you look closely at the exodus of the children of Israel, you will see over and over and over again God's miraculous deliverance. One time after another, over and over, you will see how God delivered them, how God answered them. When you begin to look at that, and, and you look at the, the plagues that plagued uh, the Egyptians, and, and you look at just how that God orchestrated everything, and how that He hardened Pharaoh's heart, that He would not let the people go. And, and then just, just one time after another, the God, God said, said I, I, you know, I want to show these guys something. I want to show him, them who I really am. And, and so, so over and over, he, he, you know, these plagues came on them. And of course, the last plague was, was that uh, all of the firstborn died. And, and, uh, and Pharaoh at that time shoved them out kick them out, push them out. And, uh, and so suddenly they're, they're free, just like that. You know, immediately they're free. And, and, uh, and then, then, of course, suddenly they, they look back and they see Pharaoh's armies marching after them. And man, they were, they were scared to death. What are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? And, and uh, what are we going to do, Moses? And, and you remember Moses saying the, the famous words, stand still and the, see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, how the Lord is going to take care of things. The Lord's going to step in. How many times has God promised that he would take care of things? How many times has God in your life when he's not just promised it, he's done it? Over and over in your life, he stepped in. And I, I would assure each of us today in, in this group of people that are here tonight, there are many, many times that you don't even know. You don't, you're not even aware that God stepped in for you. You don't have a clue that God uh, was there, that God was beside you, that God opened the doors for you, and that God helped you. And so <clears throat> they come to the impossibility. They come to the Red Sea and and uh, Moses takes the rod and stretches it out. And, and we understand that the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. How that God answered them. Uh, just a tremendous miracle. And if you could listen closely as, as here they are at this difficult time after seeing everything that God did, and, but quickly they forgot that. They forgot all the miracles that, that were performed. They forgot all of the stuff that God had, did, had done for them. And you can almost hear the words of Moses 
as he, as he calls out in that, and I, I mentioned it before, but let me say it again. You shall, you, you're not going to need to fight in this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You would almost, I said almost, almost get the impression that this is the norm and not the exception. That this is what normally happens. Just everywhere, everything, there is a, there is a tremendous miracle that everybody can see and everybody can behold. But let me tell you tonight that most of the miracles that you will experience in your lifetime are not groundbreaking miracles. They are not miracles that, that, that have earth-shattering. Everybody sees it, and everybody goes, wow. Most of the miracles that you will experience after it happens, you almost don't even know it happened. Let me, let me kind of clarify that just a minute. Because you pray and you cry, God, I need this. And somehow, some way, a series of events take place. Somehow, some way. And then before you know it, that that you had prayed is not an issue. Things have just worked out. You don't know how. You don't. Let me say that's not just a mistake. That's the miraculous power of God. When, when a person walks with God, when a person tries to do what's right, when a person tries to live godly in Christ Jesus, there is a covenant that God, and don't, be, don't, don't get me started on that because <clears throat> that's what I may teach on, on Sunday. But there is, there is a covenant relationship with God. And God steps in. But it's, the, the normal is not the splash. The normal is not the lightning from the top to the bottom and, and a big explosion and, wow, here I am. Praise God. It kind of doesn't happen that way. But it's, it's like in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the trouble, it's in the midst of the trial that suddenly things change a little bit, a little bit better than worse. Better than worse than, and but but in the process of time, before you know it, things are different. There is a change, and so although God, at times, steps in with the miraculous move of His presence and fights for us, His will is for us to become trained to resist the enemy. That's His will. You see, God outlines the weapons of our warfare, training us to do battle in the Spirit. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Isn't that what the Word says? But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Moses said it well when he named the conflict at Rephidim, Massa, and Meribah which means simply testing an argument. Oh, you remember back at testing an argument. The waters of Meribah. You remember back at the, at the time of, of argument. 
You remember back at the time of testing. You remember back at, at that time. The major battles that you will face is something that you know as well as I do. That you're aware of it as well as I am. Most of the battles that you face will be here. The battle of the mind. It was in the valley of Rephidim that the Israelites became very thirsty. It was an arid place with no prospects of water. And you have only to look at that country to understand that. You look at that and you wonder how anything can survive there. Oh, but don't you realize there's water here and there. But in the place this was, there wasn't no water. It was a desert. It was an arid place, a dry place. The Israelites began to complain. And, and God instructed Moses to strike the rock and out followed a stream of water, the living waters of Rephidim. Out of that rock came this wonderful, wonderful water. Uh, the children of Israel cried, you know, we've got, we've got all of our animals and we've got all of our herds that, that, and, and all of the people. You realize that there were 600,000 men. And so I, I don't know exactly how many, but maybe, maybe two or three, four million, five million. I don't know how many people there were, but there was a bunch of them. I don't know how many cows and or cattle and, and sheep and goats. and I, I, I really don't know, but there was probably a multitude of them. They're not just going to drink out of a pond. But out of the solid rock, out of a, of, of a place that could not bring forth water, there was no water there. Out of solid rock, a stream began to flow. And it filled area large enough that everybody gathered around and everybody could drink and all the cattle, everybody. You'll find in, in uh, the traditions of the, of the rabbis speak of the streams of Rephidim following the host as it moved forward. And these traditions of, uh, of the rabbinical traditions say it moved onward, the water flowing up the hills and down the valleys and gathering in pools and places of encampment. It is after these traditions that the Apostle Paul refers to in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, and he says, and they all drank that same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. He was declaring what the rabbis had written down and what the rabbis had, had, uh, had quoted that it happened, that it was amazing, that it was like nothing else before, that water came out of that rock, and that rock actually followed them. The water actually followed them going uphill and down the hill and followed them. If you could get a picture that everywhere that they went, a rock and streams of water following them. That's why the writer could say, there's no rock like our rock. Hallelujah. There's no rock like this. There's no God like this. 
In the arid desert, nothing is so vital than the supply of water. In fact, conflicts frequently take place between the wandering tribes over the possession of a well or a spring. Here, Israel experienced a great miracle from God. Water comes out of a rock. It's not surprising that the enemy quickly challenges their right to the miracle. Now, think about that for a moment. Water comes out of a rock that that Aaron takes the rod and smites the rock and water comes out and here comes a bunch of Amalekites and they say, hey, hey boys, that's ours. That's our water. The living streams of Rephidim was very speedily contested. You know, the fierce tribesmen of Amalek, that's all, that's all they did. They, they, they were a warring tribe. Went from one edge of the other, warring and taking what they thought was theirs. And they sought to drive the Israelites away from their God-given miracle. History repeats itself. You remember reading in, in the Old Testament, reading in, in Genesis, just when Abraham digs a well, man, he, he, he exerts all the energy. He digs the well, and, and, and he gets water coming for him. And, and then all of a sudden, here's these groups from here and there and yonder all coming and contesting the water. And you, you read where Abraham moves off and digs another well. Then he moves, they contest that. Then he moves off and he digs another well. Now, God does a miracle, and water comes out of solid rock, and the children of Amalek want to take it from them. They wanted what God had given Israel, and they challenged their right to the water. They challenged their right to the miracle. What right have they even to challenge that? What right have they even to try to step up and say, that is ours? It wasn't theirs. It wasn't any part of theirs. What right had they to do that? But here it is. They wanted what God had given Israel and challenged their right to that water. Skilled warriors. Warriors that, that were used to fighting. Warriors that had, uh, had weapons and, uh, and, and were used to using them. They were far more than a match for these poor, uh, <clears throat> recently liberated slaves of Pharaoh. Yet even though Israel was totally inexperienced in warfare, they must somehow come up with some sort of weapon and defend the blessings, the miracle of God that, that God had given them. So there was no natural ability, natural ability in Israel to conquer, no natural ability in Israel to fight. They, they had inferior weapons, if they had many at all. And so when Moses <clears throat> said, hey, we've, we've got to fight for this, it, it tells us a story that many times you're going to have to fight for your miracle. You're going to have to fight for the things that God gave you. You're going to have to fight for the faith that once delivered to the, was once delivered to the saints. You're going to have to fight for the things that God has promised you. 
You can sit back and you can say, well, I'm just going to wait here until God does something for me. I'm going to wait here till somehow God touches me. Oh, no, my friend. God has given you a miracle. God has promised you something. You've got to step into the presence of God. You've got to allow the Spirit and the power of God to set you free. You've got to fight for what is yours. Amen. So here they are. The Israelites are fighting the Amalekites. And suddenly Moses figures something out. When he lifts up his hands, Israel prevails. He gets tired and the hands go down and Amalek starts getting the upper hand. So there is Aaron and her sitting beside him or standing, and they hold up the hands of Moses. And great victory was won that day simply because the, the, the Israelites were fighting for their miracle. Aaron and her, as they held up the hands, they totally defeated the enemy. But even though it was a miracle from God, and God was answering, Israel still had to fight. You get it? Even though it was a miracle of God, even though it was an answer from God, they still had to fight for it. Satan wants to steal and kill you. Satan wants to take from you everything that God has promised, every miracle that God has given to you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to somehow snatch it from you. He wants to take it. But I'm here to tell you that he can't if you fight. Hallelujah. You know, look, look at it just for a moment, outnumbered practically unarmed, the will to fight. This was a miracle from God. I will not quit. I will not give up. I will not run. I will not give in. No way, no where, no how. You see, your enemy will try to steal the very answer God gave you Sunday. It's up to you and I to fight. You can't let him take what belongs to you. You can't let him steal what God's given to you in a prayer moment. You can't let him steal what God has given to you through sacrifice. You can't let him take what God has promised to you when you've been on your knees seeking for him. You know, another thing that happened in the time of Moses with Dathan's rebellion against Moses was when Moses called for God to do a new thing and the earth opened up and swallowed Dathan and Abihu and their families. But what was it about? What was the purpose? It was rebellion. But it was all about the water. Now, get this. This is what Dathan said. We're tired of needing a miracle every time we want to drink. We're tired of that. We love having the Nile flow beside us. That's what we want. Now, think for a minute of that. See, that's sometimes we get tired of fighting for the miracle. We get tired of contending for the living waters of Rephidim. But they, 
they forgot very quickly the shackles of bondage. They forgot the beatings and the taskmasters. Come on, let's open our eyes. The miracles, they, yeah, they cause uncertainty. It calls for trust in God. But anything is better than bondage and slavery. You've got to fight for every miracle God has given you. The enemy wants to steal this very word from you before you walk out of this room tonight, before you walk out of this door. The enemy wants to steal this word from you. But God is giving you answers. And, and one of those answers is, is don't quit because you're exhausted. Don't think it would be better if you stop for just a moment. Don't think it would be, it would be better that you're going to win the victory, that, uh, that if you're going to win the victory, you're eventually going to have to pass this point. And there's no sense in doing it over and over and over to get to this point. You're at this point right now. That is the point in the next uh, marathon of your life. What you do next will determine victory or mark the spot of another casualty. With the sad saying, you did run well, what did hinder you? You've got no choice. We've got to fight. Remember the living waters of Rephidim followed after them to sustain them day in and day out. It was not just a one-time thing up the hills and, and down the valleys, pooling in, in, the, in the valleys thereof. What would happen to their tomorrow if they let go of the miracle of today? What would happen to their future if they lost that shadow of the rock, great rock in a weary land? What would happen to them if they allowed doubt and confusion to overrun them? Oh no, I've got to fight. I've got to somehow cleanse my mind. I've got to look forward that God is with me, that the presence of God is around me. Hallelujah. It's not just coincidence that every miracle God gives you, Satan tries to steal. Sometimes it's different than others. Sometimes it's just so sneaky and so secretive. You're pretty tired, aren't you? You know, you, know, you worshiped pretty well last week. Don't you just kick back this Sunday? You know, you did pretty good just, you know, this past couple of weeks. You know, let yourself go just a little bit. Come on, give it a break. You can't do it, folks. You can't allow him to put one one step. You can't allow him to get one wedge in between you and God. It's 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 not a coincidence that Satan wants to steal every miracle. That's what he's doing. That's, what he's, that's his business. Even when you hold the miracle in your hand. Even when you hold the miracle in your hand. You know what he's doing? He's saying, you ain't got that. That's not in your hand. What a lying dude but it is in your hand. You've got the miracles of God in your hand. 
You've got the miracles of God in your voice. You've got the miracles at work every time you speak a little faith, every time you begin to declare a little stuff, and, and, and Satan says, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, wow, I can't believe you did that. How gullible are you? Uh, that's not working. Hey, it, it's not working at all. And he sits there and giggles and he laughs and he, he tries to make you feel like just, just a, a low life when you're trying to speak faith and, and you're trying to, to feel after God. Listen to me. Listen to this word of the Lord. Don't quit. Don't give up. Quit speaking it because it jacks his jaw. He hates that. He, he hates it when you step beyond him. He hates it when you, when you don't listen to him. He's trying to get in your head. He's trying to convince you of something that is false. He's, you, know what, you know what somebody told me one time? That being wrong feels just like being right. No difference. He tries to tell us Satan, you're going to lose it. It's not going to work. It's not going to work out for you. Don't listen to him. When God promises you, don't let it go. Keep speaking it. You've got to fight with your faith. You've got to press toward the mic, the mark for the high calling in Christ Jesus. You've got to keep on uh, living. You've got to keep on reaching. You've got to keep on praying. You've got to keep on seeking. Fight, for it's the living waters of Rephidim. It's taking care of your family. It's providing for your loved ones. It's providing for your church. It's providing for the church body. It's providing for your every need. God is with you. The presence of the Lord is here. The glory the glory of the Lord is all around about you. Don't allow that snake to somehow convince you of something that is not true or right. Hallelujah. Praise God. But the presence of the Lord is upon you. Can you imagine the surprise when the children of Amalek, when they ran away from those contested waters. And the children of Israel said, these are ours. So many times Satan says, they're not equipped to handle what I've got. They can't face what I can bring. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got the power. You've got the strength. You've got everything that you need from God. God is well able to deliver you. But I, I just feel tonight to, to leave this with you. The living waters of Rephidim are your reward. The living waters of Rephidim is your miracle. Just like uh, Moses and just like the children of Israel, God has poured out His water to you. God has opened the, the, the threshold. God has opened the heavens and, and God has opened up the fountains of the deep for you. And, and God is speaking things for you and ministering to your life and opening up things, Lord, that, uh, that you never knew and, and revealing 
revealing things to you and, and delivering you and, and giving answers to your life and, and uh, lifting up your heart. Hallelujah. And it all depends on how you look at it. It all depends on what you do. You've got to fight. Hallelujah. You've got to fight. Praise the Lord. You've got to fight. A mentality that says, Satan, you're not going to steal what God has given me. You're not going to take that promise that God has left with me. Praise the Lord. Shall we stand? Before we leave this service tonight, as we do often, I would, I would like to ask us to join together one for another. And as we begin to pray one for another, and if you have a need in this house, God is able to supply it. If you have something that you need God to take care of, God's able to meet every need in this place. Praise the Lord. And there's, there's new strength going forth. There's new power going forth to resist. I'm not going to let it take place. I'm not going to let the devil dictate my life. The Lord has helped me. The Lord has delivered me. The Lord has answered me. I'm not going to let the devil take it back. I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to fight for the living waters of Rephidim. I'm going to fight for my miracle. Hallelujah. Seems like I'm inadequate. Seems like I don't have the tools needed necessarily to do what I need to do. But in this service right now, the Spirit and the power of God when God moves into a situation, nothing can stand in its way. When God stands beside you, it's over, folks. No other can come in. When God is with you, the presence of the Lord is upon you. Satan cannot take you. Fear not, little fuck, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give to you. Satan can't do anything to you. Tell him he's a liar and the father of it. He has no hold on the people of God. You are bought with a price. You are children of the Most High, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Would you step out from where you are?